Blog Talk Radio. invite you all to join me in discovering Mary O'Malley. And we have talked to you before, Mary. It's so good to have you back. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. <laughs> this is a this is truly a masterful moment because it is an expression of spontaneity and how spirit moves. And as a clinical psychologist, a clinical hypnotherapist, I tend to try to be really research-oriented. Um, there's tons of research in what we're going to talk about, Mary, but I think today we're actually going to be very experiential so that people can move into their ponderment about the spiritual realm, their questions about uh, their psychic powers or the psychic phenomena that goes on, and um, their involvement with um, emotional uh, healing as it relates to relationships in the in our past and uh well I just I could go on and on but the introduction is Mary O'Malley you have arrived to tell us about the psychic world um that you have been able to touch. So where do you want to start us on this adventure today? Oh um well I guess uh Start from the beginning. <laughs> Many years ago, my dear friend Carol Francis <laughs> um, uh, sort of gave me that nudge into uh, exploring my psychic talents. And uh, you being such a scientist, I, I felt comfortable exploring that with you. And uh, then it just kind of took off from there until my experience this weekend. Um and I was able to do a, a, a mediumship psychic reading for a group of people in a room. And it was my first experience really doing it that way. And um, it was just profound for me, I, you know, and also for the people in the room. But for me, uh, just expanding myself in that way, it was, um, wow, it was just an incredible experience. And uh I learned so much from the process, even though I've been doing this for so many years, just opening myself up to doing it in a new way allowed me to learn so much. You're going to take us to this expansion that you went through, and I really, it's interesting that we're using this word expansion because while I've been writing and authoring and working on chapters and books and marketing this week and the word expansion over and over has come to mind. I've been studying just just a Put us into the scientific realm for just a second. I've been seeing an amazing book called Singularity, um, and, and, and it's about human beings transcending their biology. And the scientist talks about technology just advancing so amazingly, geometrically. So if, if every year it's doubling, then just imagine what doubling means down the road. But what occurred to me while reading this amazingly interesting book about the expansion of technology is that the human psyche, the human spirit, the human soul, the human mind, the brain even, is not keeping up to speed with this incredible advancement, and yet we as human beings created this advancement. 
So um, I began to realize that part of what is involved in our spiritual exploration, the power of our mind, our spirit, our soul, our connection to domains that are outside of our physical biology, transcending our biology, um, is that is our psychic capacity, Mary. And I think that, it, listeners, you are about to hear things that Mary went through and took others through. And I want you to just open yourself up Put aside the critical judgment for a period of time just so you can go in awe. And then you can go back to critical judgment. That's a helpful state of mind as well. And um, Mary, can you start us on the journey as it began to transpire this weekend or with the first story um, of your weekend that comes to mind that you think is the place to begin that helps everybody go, okay, we're on a journey here, a journey of personal expansion. Um, it was interesting the group of, of people that came together because I checked right in the spirit right away and said, well, how did they know each other before? Because I believe that, you know, we have so many instances to um, reconnect with each other, you know, through spiritual other lives. And I got this very clear picture of, and it was all women, um, slogging through the mud and the blood sometime during World War One. They were all nurses. And I just was so amazed. There's this room full of healers, you know, all wow. back together again. And um, I just was touched, you know, just that opportunity for them to reconnect on that spiritual level. So that that pretty much started it. <laughs> wow. Um, and then, uh, you know, it, I think what what got me the most through all this is as people pass on and they stay connected to us or we we continue to keep them connected to us. Mm-hmm. We hold on to them so tightly. And But what I was able to see through this work um, on Friday night was how damaging that can be, both wow. for the, the person who's passed on in keeping them in a place um, – in that human place of, of anguish or control or, you know, whatever experience they were having. And and at the same time holding us back because we're still influenced by that entity that we're holding on to so tightly. And and so the reality of our existence is being um, even shaped and molded in many ways by that, that connection that, you know, we can stay connected, we can send love and all that kind of thing, you know, everything we need to, we can talk to them. They're all still around. But what I'm talking about is that hold on tight connection. And it doesn't allow the spirit to to move on to their to finding out who they truly are and what their next journey is. And it doesn't allow us to move on because we're trapped in a past, mm-hmm. in, in, in a past relationship and past patterns that, you know, we're supposed to move through. <laughs> Um, wow. So in that in that way, you know, I think we have to be careful about what we do with that person who's passed on, what our expectation is of that person who's passed on. Hmm. But can you give us an e- example, or can you like walk us down a, a particular path that, without disclosing personal details necessarily, but yet giving us a, a specific journey that led to this lesson. Okay. Uh, the first one was uh, um, the spirit was the mom 
and very uh, connected still to the daughter. But the mom in, in life was very controlling. Um, from her perspective, it was the only way to be a good mother is to control every aspect of her children's life. And she was still trying to do this. And um, in, and the person involved um, was taking on all that energy from the mom in order to protect her siblings mm-hmm. from that energy. She knew intuitively what was going on, but she didn't realize how it was affecting both her and her mother, keeping her mother from moving on and moving yeah. into who she truly is and, and moving on to her next journey. Uh, so that's a lot of pressure for this this person in my class, you know, to be carrying all that, and and quite unnecessary and not healthy, you know, all the way around for us. In another instance, it was um, someone hanging on to a, a person in their life that was very important that had a very tragic ending, and the, the anguish that this poor soul was in and so lost, and mm. in. In my mind, all the love that this woman missed out on because of that very, very strong connection to this this uh, young man. Um, in, in that one, uh, around the young man, and he was so anguished and he was so lost. He he just, you know, didn't know how to let go, didn't know how to move on, couldn't do it. And around him, I saw three angels, and one of them was Archangel Michael. And so we got the permission to begin this releasing. And Archangel Michael literally took his sword and started severing those connections. But the connection was so strong and had been going on for so long that I was kind of shocked at the violence needed to to disconnect this. And, and I, I shared that with you before. Um, you know, that, wow, what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, I think we, as I said before, just really need to be careful on our expectations of the spirit of the person who's passed along. And we, we need to acknowledge them and love them and accept their presence in our life, but without binding them in in, in such a way that it's it's unhealthy. And I'm sure most of us have no idea we've done that. No, how can I... Can I like ask you to go into your psychic power moment and how did you how did you tap into this? What was the process you went through as a as a reluctant psychic <laughs> to like see this, experience, know this, and share this, and then and then watch the person receive your message and move into healing over it? How, how what what is it like for you as a psychic? Well, it's. <clears throat> it's just it's an allowing um I prayed really hard uh to be a hundred percent in my integrity, as you call me the reluctant psychic. <laughs> yes. And and the only way I could I could really approach this was to be completely open to the process and and ask that it it come from a hundred percent integrity as far as my part in the in the process. Mm-hmm. Um so I said that prayer and I invited in Loving spirits, you know, we mm-hmm. nobody was there to <laughs> work with dark darkness here. Um, right. So I invited them into the room, and and I had early on in the morning gone into the room to to help set up the the chairs, and could feel already 
the room full of entities and spirits and joy and and it was it was a pretty oh. cool experience. But for this, I basically since I wasn't, it was my first time <laughs> doing doing this on, on on this level. Maybe I shouldn't say that. But it was a matter no, of just closing my eyes mm-hmm. and saying a prayer and. Um, trust the information that comes in. I would open my eyes. I'd be looking at somebody, and I knew this was for them. Wow. But I think, um, you know, the prayers and the and the just allowing it to be uh, an experience of integrity all the way around, uh, it, w- it was my opening for this. You know, listeners, as you, as you contemplate what Mary has just said, you, I want you to know, I've known Mary for quite a while here, and I don't know, like 15, almost 20 years or something like that. And Mary, yeah. what I know about about you is that when you hear yourself say these sorts of things, another part of you goes, did I just say that? That must sound really weird to others. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that when you're not being recorded, you actually are freer to say even more in-depth things because we both know that this, this sounds wacky to the Western mind that believes that we are all that we are, there's no spiritual realm, or that we are an end of ourselves. And we also know plenty of people who are crazy that think they know this stuff. So I know I know that we are up for uh, the scrutinization of everybody when we start talking along these lines. So can you kind of talk about how you experience the need to scrutinize yourself and how you walk into trying to have integrity and also be scientific and go, whoa, I can't believe I'm doing this. Oh, that's how many questions at once? <laughs> <laughs> I know, but it was a general idea, right, Mary? <laughs> I, gosh, uh, finding words to explain that. Um, I'm more of a feelings person, and I think I, I feel my way through the process more than anything. I do get some visuals. Uh, it, um, it's not like I actually physically see the entities in the room, uh, although I, I do receive information on that, and I really don't know how to explain that process. It, um, there's the information I receive is is pretty clear, but you know I can't say that I'm seeing the entities in the room, but some part of me is seeing them. So. <laughs> um, you know, just like you said, calling me the reluctant psychic, and that's it. It's about the scrutiny. I've worked really hard, you know, to be professional. I have a master's degree and um, uh, all of that, and, and this part of me has, I've always wondered about it, but but the reality is in my practice, um, I've seen some of the biggest healings ever through using this intuitive process. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it really speaks to the person in in front of me to that that secret in their soul uh the ultimate mm. knowing of themselves. Mm. So when I talk about integrity it's not it's not just from my point of view of of channeling the information um without my own intellectual interference mm. but for the integrity of the the person in front of me to know the truth when they hear it, to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. And a lot of times we walk around with all these little secrets. Um, mm-hmm. We, And it's either we're afraid to know it because uh, it might cause some pain or we know it but we're not sure it's our own voice. Mm-hmm. So the process of this work is 
for me, the, my joy is when that person experiences their own true knowing, identifies mm-hmm. their own true voice, and this this work really helps them do that. And, you know, of course, of the, any kind of therapist, you know, our job is to create a safe space for that to happen. Um, and I think that's the that's the gift is being able to create that safe space and help them to hear that voice and that knowingness that belongs to them. They don't have to deny it any longer and heal through that process. You as a a psychologist, as a therapist, you help people with that. You know, you have a, um, you have a maybe a, a certain way that you do that. You bring them to that, but I'm doing it through the intuitive counseling and um, uh, you know it's profound. You, as, you as a healer, know how profound that can be to see that look on the person's face. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! Oh my gosh! It just I I can walk go home at the end of the day just feeling so elevated by all the opportunities I've had to see people step out of their their chains. Uh, you know this this person that you talked about just a moment ago referenced. What, what was her reaction to receiving those? information that she needed to let go and that there was like a almost a battle of warfare on behalf of her and on behalf of this gentleman that had passed mm-hmm. over that you know, let let go so that that life can be embraced so that you can expand so that you can move into who you are uh, what what was the transition for her what did you notice what did I notice? Now, I moved on pretty quickly because it was such an intimate experience that I didn't want to belabor it in a group. Yeah. Um, I wanted her to have some privacy with that. But the Beautiful. the stillness that, that overcame her body, you know, that moment mm-hmm. of, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. was pretty profound. That, you know, mm-hmm. once again, um, I, I tried to be sensitive to the intimacy of, of things that are revealed, which is why I really shied away from doing groups before. Because I like people oh. to have their privacy in these moments. Um, right. Although I can't say it turned into any kind of issue in this group, you know what I mean? It, it still right. felt like a very safe place to explore that. So um, my own sensitivity in, in that regard. I'm sorry. Tell us another story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too excited here. Another story. From this weekend. Um, well, a woman had a, a really good question. She uh, about reincarnating with soul groups, and um, she was a little uncomfortable thinking that she could be um, a wife and then be the daughter to the same person, you know, in the next lifetime, and and be the child to the the the. Um, to you know, currently might be her child now. Come back as that person's child or lover or something like that. She, the concept made her a little feel a little icky, as you can imagine. Oh wow! <laughs> and so I, I just I asked for the information to come through, and um, in the explanation of of you know as as this huge unlimited entity, how do we experience ourselves? And coming to Earth in all these different um, guises is, is a way to do that. 
So, but later on, after it was over and I was home in bed, it, it was almost like I received um, a clearer picture of that it's quite often one solid entity um, being energy spirit, you know, experiencing themselves in all these different ways. So it it's not just different soul groups working with you, but also within yourself having all these manifestations. So, you know, this time you're the mother, this time you're the daughter, this time you're the lover, this time you're this or that, which is something was something new for me. Hmm. Is you know we re, you know we we learn and we listen to other people and apparently we travel in soul groups and and experience all these things together. But what I got was not only that, but as an entity or as one entity, having all these manifestations of ourselves together because we're not limited as energy spirits. We're not limited at all. We can manifest in any any way we we choose. So I thought that was very interesting. Wow, let me see if I can absorb that. So as energy spirits, so if we look at ourselves as the uh, the energy that we are essentially, coalesced mm-hmm. in this current time and place and consciousness and body, so here we are transcending biology again. So as energy spirits, we are not limited. So tell me more. <laughs> yeah. I, can't wrap my mind around I can't wrap my limited mind around this. How did you experience this insight? Um. Well, you know, interestingly, there was a certain comfort that came from it, that all these, that it was quite, you know, all these experiences I'm having in a human body um, were my choice, uh, that I could actually have them with myself. I could be myself and my lover at the same time, myself and my abuser at the same time. I could be my child and my and myself as parent at the same time, huh. which is freaky. <laughs> okay, so so I, I understand the concept, and I can certainly think of gestalt psychotherapy where you play the different roles of your dream, and you and you access these different um, like alter ego states or uh, you know ego selves. And I mean, I can think about hypnosis that talks about you know have. You know, I can think about how this applies in lots of people's awareness, but it seems like you're talking about it more dynamically or more completely. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it, for me, this was just a huge, you know, I have been putting my, myself out there on a small, in a small way for quite a while, like you said. Yeah. Um, this was a huge experience for me also. And and I believe as as I continue this work, I'm going to receive more information or a deeper understanding. Unfortunately, my my big spirit self really gets the stuff and my poor little human self is um struggling to expand and learn and and um I think we tend to open up in increments, you know, we we can open up and get this, and then the next one comes along, you know, stair-stepping, like you go through school, first grade, second grade, third grade. So I, I'm i confident, you know, that I'm maybe the second semester of first grade now <laughs> and yeah. start working my way through these concepts. Um, and, you know, only because people ask me the question. 
I, there are questions I would never think to ask necessarily. So I I know that this learning process is not just about me. It's about everyone I come in contact with, and they help me to learn by asking me the questions or by pushing yeah. me. It's yeah. it's like you saying, and, and tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> more? What a concept. <laughs> I, I know that by talent you are a teacher and by talent you're also a counselor. And then here you have this other division to you of, of what you are now calling mediumship or psychic reading. So it's, um, it, it, it's uh, how does that feel when I say that to you? It feels weird, but at the same time, I'm beginning to like the word medium more because I think of medium as a way to communicate. Hmm. Um you know, art is a medium, writing is a medium, and and I think, I think that that ends up being my role, is is um, the expression of the information, uh, as part of that expression. Um, You're the mediator, aren't you? Mediator, yeah, teacher, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, a mediator. I, I, it's. Hmm. Mediate between the different spiritual realms and our human ex- biological experience. Right. I guess that's the best way to explain it. It's very, it, it's very difficult because it, you know, I'm picking the words. Um, I'm pretty well read. I have a fairly extensive vocabulary, and, and yet my tongue trips over my teeth when I try to explain these concepts. That's interesting. That's, the concepts are bigger, much bigger than the words I have. That's interesting. And I think in, if if you're listening to me, you need to listen with with that other awareness, so that this communication is happening on through all your senses, your sixth sense, you know, whatever awareness that is, to to. <clears throat> to hear what's being said, because I know communication happens in so many different ways, through your body language, through through your eyes, through, you know, that's why it's hard for me, I think, to do this over the phone, this interview, because the communication happens in, in so many different physical ways, along with that mm-hmm. spiritual knowing. So when you go into this time where it's, you're, you're going to be called upon to do the mediation, the mediumship, the psychic reads, you are... Um, transitioning yourself to embrace all of your senses that are on this earthly plane, but there's this like collection of sensory processes that are also activated inside of you that we really don't have a language for because you can't sit there and point to our ears or our eyes or our nose or fingers. Instead, we have to point to uh, what you call the intuitive realm, but there must be such a collection of intuitive sensory systems um, that you're actively um, accessing. And that the more you become capable of this, the bigger your uh, capacity to have these different sensors comes into play as well. I don't know. How close did I get? Right on. That was oh, right yay. on. Thank you. And that concept of the more I do it, the, the you know, the more the more ways I'll have to communicate. Once again, going back to you know, you learn how to read in kindergarten and first grade, and second grade you get more vocabulary. You know, right. moving through that process. Um, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And 
and it is difficult to discuss because the words are so small compared to the actual information that that is um, being dispersed. It's also depends how you communicate. Also depends on your audience too, doesn't it? Because you want to be able to make yourself make sense to this other person, but you don't know what their experience is with their intuitive set of sensory processing. So, um, it's a del- yeah. So, so I guess it's easier between you and I because we kind of know each other. We can do this, but we're also mindful of being like listened to as well. So we're not so mindful of what the listener brings to this package. But can you give us another story of this weekend? where you did tap into a whole series of sensory experiences in you. And can you talk about both what you shared and what the person discovered and how it healed the person and also who you as the conduit uh, were experiencing? Um, There was a moment, someone was asking about her relationships and and the fact that... um, she she wasn't making good choices along the way. Uh, the information came that came through was very very clear. It it was um, the not knowing the worth of self, and therefore only attracting what we believed we were worthy of in a relationship. Hmm. Um, and and as if you get to know yourself better and understand and your 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 worth your self worth and put that out to the universe, you start attracting um, a mate of worth, you know. (laughs) What Mm -hmm. was interesting was, uh, it was very clear that this information was important for this person. Yes. But it was also very important for me. And there was not only this knowledge that was being dispersed, but the clear sense of, this is for you too, Mary. And I felt it as this excitement in myself, this vibration in myself. So talk about a different kind of communication. There, I was having a physical experience of this information also being for me and maybe for everybody in the room. Um, And it was the one time I felt that, the only time I felt that. Uh, but I have to say the woman who had the young man attached to her, yes. as, as I was bringing through the information, I started crying. Wow. I could feel, I could feel the anguish of, of, of what had happened in this. And it moved me to tears immediately. And then, and then I moved on and the tears stopped immediately. So the, I think wow. there's this empathy. Um, there's... Uh, this empathy attached to this whole thing. When we talk about different ways of communicating, I think everybody in the room felt that moment of anguish. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's so. You know, and some of these people knew each other, and but by and large, you know, they it wasn't like they were all good friends who walked in the room. You know what I mean? And yet, mm-hmm. we all shared this anguish. The same as as we share when something else happens in the world that you know. Uh, a flood or an earthquake, you know, we all have that sense of shared anguish. Um, so I think, you know, we are so, to think that we are actually separate from each other, <laughs> it is, it, we're proved wrong all the time, and yet something in our critical consciousness will turn that off <laughs> and, and we'll forget. 
how connected we are to other people. Well, wow. we need to protect ourselves too. You can't be walking around in anguish all the time. But same as walking around in perfect joy all the time, you know, keeps you from having other experiences. So, um, if you know, as a human being, right? Yeah, so, beautifully said. Once again, that was that was a very interesting, um, which I have experienced, you know, one on one with a client before. But I think, you know, in stepping back and reviewing it from this place a couple of days later, that that moment was experienced by the, the entire room. So I'm going to ask you to, to reveal some other stories as well. If we just analyze the process and just step back again, analyze the process again, you are as much of a conduit as you are a student, almost as if all of you were summoned to this class and you were the uh, the receiver, the radio signal was going through you, so to speak, but you were also sitting present as a student um, and also as as an experienced teacher as well. So you take, again, it's like you take this whole huge, if you can let yourself be as big as you are and beyond, then it's so much easier to be everything as opposed to feeling like you have to just be within like the teacher role or the medium role. It's like you could be expansive of who yourself is and then become more expanded because you two are sitting there listening and experiencing and learning at the same moment. Yes. And if that doesn't feel feel weird, I don't know. <laughs> it's a, it's very um very weird experience. Not uncomfortable, but uh, interesting. Definitely very interesting. It's true. If, if, it's, it, and I think, the, you know, being praying so hard to be 100% in my integrity as a moment allowed me to do that. Really allowed me to, to like you said, be the, con- be the conduit for the information and at the same time be present as a student. And um, receive that part that belongs to me also. Hmm. And I think, um, I know you've done energy work. Uh, Anybody who works with energy and in in this realm, you know, it's all energy, experiences Mm -hmm. that. I know when I've worked with Reiki or whatever kind of healing energies, the gift is that I receive it also. So anytime we open up to be a part of this energy exchange, not just me as a teacher, you know, or the conduit, but everybody in the room, um, anybody, anybody in the whole world is able to experience that exchange of energy and the healing that comes through um, everyone in the room who's participating. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. You say I'm having... I remember when I was a little kid in elementary school and the teacher was saying, do you realize that there's all this space between the molecules? And we're talking about like the 60s <laughs> before we <laughs> even knew, before we knew as much as we know now about quantum physics or the electrons. We really didn't know that on the popular level. And um, I remember sitting at that hardwood desk and putting my hand on it. It must have been six or seven and looking at it and going, this seems so solid to me, but there's nothing solid about it. It's completely, it's more space than um, solidarity. 
And I remember thinking, I want to just take my hand and make my hand space and take my hand and go through the desk and resonate my hand with the desk. And that that is a moment um, in a sense, if we could hold on to that concept that we are energy and we coalesce in form, but that our form is, while real, it's not, it's just a small minutia of what reality actually is to expand it so that we are this energy and that we're coalescing with other energies that we can flow with. Um, well, that's my, that's my association with what you're saying. Yeah, and I don't know why I brought this up, but years ago I was, when I was really coming in contact with these concepts of spirit and how unlimited we are as spirit, I, I really asked, you know, if, if I'm so powerful and so unlimited, what is the point of this human body? Oh, and very yeah. clearly, it, it came to me that the body is, is like a wand. It gathers and directs oh, energy. Oh. oh, my gosh. And And ever since I've known that, and, you know, I've had some trials and tribulations in my life with this body. <laughs> but yeah. ever since I, 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 I understood that, I realized that wherever I placed my body, something was happening. Energy was being focused. That no matter where I was, that's exactly where I was supposed to be. Now, this concept, you know, comes to a lot of people. We understand that. But that was my moment and my moment of how how completely I belong here on earth. There wow. is a true purpose, whether I'm aware of it on a conscious level or an unconscious level. There is such a, a tremendous purpose in my being here to focus this energy, whatever it is. And so what's really cool now is a lot of times when I'm working with people, I get a sense of the energy that they are focusing um, you know, and sometimes it's healing energy and sometimes it's growth energy and sometimes it's even energy that breaks up other energies, like like breaking up the the dirt, you know, to plant a new garden um, to allow for room for that growth. Uh, it, it's really cool. It's really cool. Wow. I, I just, this is truly expanding. I mean, so... Okay, so now here you have these group of people on Saturday. <laughs> was was there anybody or in that group where they walked away with that, a spiritual enlightenment that they floated out of the room with that seemed to sh- shift them on their path in a very different enlightened fashion? Anybody that comes to mind? Or is it everybody? I don't know. I... You know, oh, I don't know that it was anybody. Yeah, um, huh. We didn't really have much time to talk afterwards. You know, I and this is the kind of stuff that I'll hear later. You know, that moment yeah. in time when that was said just really changed things for me. Um, I've mm-hmm. learned to not get involved in the outcome. Uh, because oh. it drives me crazy. Uh, you oh. know, especially if you don't hear back from someone for a while. I'm like, oh, my God, was it good? Was it bad? Did I hurt anybody? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then eight years later, I'll get a phone call. 
I don't know if you remember saying this, but my whole life changed from that moment. So I learned wow. if I don't stay out of the outcome, I get really emotionally wrecked over it. <laughs> so I'm hoping wow. that I'll get a chance to um, spend time with some of these people later on and, and find out what it was like for them. But I can see, um, well, everybody applauded and everybody hugged me on the way out the door. It, wow. To me, that wow. says, you know, it was a, it was wow. a mutually enjoyed experience. Mm. But as far as the rest of it, I think I have to, if I need to know it, Spirit will make sure I get that information. Now, we're not even close to the end, but I want to make sure people are knowing how to get in touch with you, Mary. And so they can reach you where and how and when. Uh, My business phone number is 424-781-0027. I, I'm in San Pedro, California is my office, but I can also work by phone and by Skype. And then I have another office out in Marietta, California, in the upper desert there. And that phone number is uh, 951-461-4363 or mary at rosewoodregional.com. And that is actually a medical and holistic health clinic where they're really working on integrating the holistic with the, you know, standard Western medical. And I just, it's my dream come true being a part of this. <laughs> I do hypnosis there and a number of other things. Uh-huh. So um, it, it's a very cool place. But either number is, is, you know, I can be reached on either number. And you have a website that people can also enjoy. What's the name of that? Yeah. Uh, www. Hypno Halls, H Y P N O H A L L S dot com. Thanks. So now, um, Mary, do you feel like right now you could do a reading? Do you, and if so, if you could like simultaneously talk about your experience of shifting yourself into that realm, because that's a different energy data and I'm going to ramble here for a little bit while you get yourself going. And then also talk to us about the experience of seeing and hearing. And you can do a read on me or on an event or, you know, whatever comes to your mind. And um, and then so that people who move into their own psychic capacities uh, or explore this, the, their own spiritual realms or their relationship with the spiritual realms can understand someone's process um, because you are a person of integrity, it would be nice for them that they are people of integrity to kind of understand that experience. They can go, oh, I'm not crazy. This is actually for real. Um, I know I call you up. While you're thinking about let me know when you're ready. <laughs> I know that I called you up uh, last week or a week ago and said, I cannot believe the experience I had with the Akashic Records, let me tell you. And I knew that there were only like two people that I could actually tell and you would get the power of the reality of it for me because everybody else would look at me like I was cross-eyed and an idiot and need to be put in a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> I say that, oh no, listeners, you're not what you're going to do. But I say that more because I think that we all go through this, like, is this real or not? Because if this is real, then this is huge implications. And if it is I, not, wow, I have got a great imagination. <laughs> so... Um, okay, and, so well, go ahead. Yeah, as a hypnotherapist, fellow hypnotherapist, you know that um, 
our imagination is the only vehicle for communication we really have. Whether we're imagining our feelings, what we see, what we hear, what we smell, what we taste, um, <clears throat> if we imagine a presence in front of us, it appears to be imagination. And yet if you think of it as, as that part of our mind being the only vehicle we have for communication on that level, and we use this in hypnosis and, and in, in a lot of powerful modalities, then you, then you have to actually decide is imagination something that we can't trust. Mm. Um, and if you're an artist, you have to trust your imagination because that's the way you communicate, that's the way you heal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we have to look at it as something that may not, <clears throat> what we what we look at as something that may not be real. Maybe it is real, <laughs> very real. Maybe mm-hmm. more real than anything else that that's mm-hmm. going on with us because mm-hmm. it. I look at it as a vehicle for communication. Mm-hmm. One thing um, <clears throat> about this process is, for me, it's always been a little weird. How do you get there, you know, into that, mm-hmm. that place where you're open to receive? <clears throat> so I found my way to do it. But one thing I actually learned from you was to, <laughs> in, <laughs> instead of, going to that place from from this feeling of trepidation of, okay, well now what am I doing? You know, now what's going to happen is to approach it from a place of just joy and bliss oh, to, to be oh. having this experience. Um, oh. So I've been working a lot with that to overcome my own natural fear from the reluctant psychic. <laughs> I love how you said that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and boy, it's a much it's a very freeing experience to come from that place of joy and bliss and complete wow. acceptance of this process is real. Wow. And um as far as going to that place right now that that I'm in it, you know, I'm I'm talking to you, I'm very aware, I'm very conscious, but I'm also in that place and I know that spirit is speaking through me right now in for the little lecture on imagination. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something I've, well, it's something I've contemplated as a professional hypnotherapist, but not in the way that was just expressed. I know those were not my words. I know yeah. that that concept is, is coming through me from someone who's trying to open up that perspective for all of us. So that, you know, don't yeah. assume that your imagination is something that is not real. Yeah. Um. I was reading Osho today, Osho, O-S-H-O, wonderful writer of meditations and such. And one thing he said is, I'm going to take you through 120 different types of meditations, but hey, you know, forgo being anxious and uptight about it. Just be playful. Just play with it. And one of his uh, series of meditations is all about how to just let go. Just let go of your mind, let go of everything, and just let it let the the freedom and the easiness come in there. But that when he used the word playfulness, right? Because I'd had this two thousand page book in front of me, and I just closed the book, and my son said, "Wow, you sure read a lot." I said, "Yeah, I read a paragraph that made me think so much. I can't go any farther." It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like uh, you know, why not have fun with it? Uh, why not be playful with it? Why not be at ease with it? Um, not take ourselves so seriously. One time I was, uh, um, my son and I are trying to do the astral projection and the remote viewing practices. And uh, so 
so I said, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this when I'm gone on the strictly things. So I had two minutes in my car waiting for my other son. I said, okay, I'm just going to go see what my other son's doing at home. And I thought, okay, he's sitting in front of the television set and he's watching the show. And da, da, da. So I came home and I said, so how was the show? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, oh, okay, so it was all my imagination. He goes, you better believe it was. <laughs> and, uh, on the other hand, I've had experiences where I'm right there in the moment and I can see details and know and I'll verify it and I'll go, oh, my gosh, it's so freaky. I was right there and it's verified. So we have to play with it. It isn't 100%, is it? It isn't 100%. And the other thing is, um, well, I'm going to tell a little story about you. (laughs) Oh, dear. (laughs) I remember when you were working on bending spoons with your mind, we were having this conversation, and and we had all just done it at at the International Hypnosis Federation Conference. But you were trying to do it on your own. And you were so frustrated with not being able to bend the spoon with your own mind without, you know, the the energy from the room. And I got a very clear vision of you walking down a street with very tall buildings on on either side of you. And you're so focused on the spoon that you don't notice that all the buildings behind you are bending. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, you know, that's the other thing. We become so focused on creating this one thing that we don't realize... um, we're doing. We're actually doing it because because the outcome we expect is not happening right in front of us. So we 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 act, It's like we get blinders on. We don't see how it actually is happening in in mm. other areas. Uh, um, that was interesting. <laughs> and, and yet, this is all an attempt to walk in integrity too. We're trying to walk in integrity and say, this it, time it worked, yeah. and this time was a complete flop. And yet, you're saying maybe it's not such a flop. Maybe it's just. We can't see where we were actually constructive in the moment. Exactly. And I think um, once, you know, we, so we're trying, you know, we're focusing and we're trying, and our expectation of how that should manifest is not met. And, And so we decide it didn't work. And yet, because we were so focused, we didn't see how it did work, what we did find out. Um, like you, you know, seeing your son watching the show, uh, at the same time, you, how can you even be sure of the time period? You know, well, maybe I, you were I, showing uh, a different moment in time or a parallel moment in time. So those are the things that our poor little minds, you know, have trouble wrapping around. And, um, I, I guess you know, those are bigger concepts. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess as soon as you say that, though, then I do feel like, boy, you know, we can have a slippage of reality in terms of trying to walk in our integrity as soon as we say, well, you know, I was doing this remote viewing, and, oh, I must have been remote viewing something else that wasn't this time. I mean, you may be right, but it, to the effort of trying to have integrity and verification, know when we are actually doing it or when we are in our imaginative realm, uh, that's not about reality, but about our, what we create in our mind. Um, you know, the remote viewing people, they talk about how you can interfere with the actual process of remote viewing by uh, by your mind being active or having expectations, which is exactly what you are saying before, is like you empty yourself of expectations. So right, and I think you, you, that's what our anybody who's listening in needs to know that they need to not only focus on what they want to create with that moment or tune into that moment, 
but all the different ways that they can receive that information instead of being stuck on, I can only receive it in one way. Oh, to it. be more open, more aware of of what actually is happening around them. Does that make sense? Yes. Here again, we have this huge, huge, like, satellite radar receptor that says, okay, I have all these sensors out there. That you, you know, I don't know which one you're going to choose to communicate me on. I'm going to activate all of them again. It's like, okay, let's not stick to one radio signal or channel. Let's, like, open up all the vehicles we possibly can to receive. Right. Are you ready um, to read? I just did. <laughs> That was oh, a reading, my friend. Oh. <laughs> I lost it. Oh, dear. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Does it feel different to you? or It feels, um, yeah, actually, physically, I stood up, I, my chest went up, and I was filled with information, So, which is different than I was sitting down talking to you. And then all of a sudden, now that you're asking, I physically got up and expanded my body, <laughs> wow. and this information started coming coming forward. Um, <clears throat> let me see if there's more. Oh, she's doing it, folks. She's listening to the process that she gets into. So, uh, and we've talked about this before, maybe, but. If you're praying and you're praying to God or God of your understanding or all the gods, okay. however that is for you, okay. you have to, as you're doing that, you have to imagine that there's a God there because probably God's not sitting right in front of you having tea. Huh. So I think for you know, for the, if we're moving from um, of this place of faith, that we say our prayer, there's somebody listening. Um, that we have to extend that faith to all these areas of communication, of, of the type of communication that's beyond our five physical senses. Hmm. So if you, if you have faith in that process, how can you not have faith in, in all the rest of it? Because it, it's all the, huh. same thing, the same mechanism. Huh. Okay, so my process is, and I'm thinking about the book called "The Biology of Beliefs" and uh, and all the associated research on that. That the power of our beliefs can make it so, because the belief itself creates a conversion. That's on a biological level. So you're saying that on an energetic level, the power of our beliefs can make it so as well, because our belief creates a coalescence of the energy. And and not can, but does every single time. Oh, wow. So, again, that idea that, you know, be careful what you think. Be careful what you ask for. Be careful what, be careful you, what you wish for. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. You might get it. Yeah. And, so, and we probably all have that experience where we we were desiring some information. What does this mean in my life? Um, how do I interpret that? And then all of a sudden, you know, have a book in your hands and it opens to a paragraph that has, you know, the book has nothing to do with what you're thinking about, but somehow that paragraph sums it up for you in, in a way that's very understandable. 
there's a communication process happening. Your prayer's been answered. Um, but we don't always see those things as as being related to that act of faith that that we even have access to this realm of information. Um, if we don't get the answer right at that moment, we think the answer's not coming, and then boom, all of a sudden it comes from this very bizarre place. Well, we received our answer. So staying out of how it's supposed to manifest is is um, I, I guess the most important thing. Kind of like you asking me, so what, you know what, what you know what was the experience like for all these people? Well, I'm going to stay out of that. That does you know, if I want to know that, if I need to know that, you know, I will get to know that. They'll either call or I'll hear from somebody else. You know. Um, but well, if actually, I you did. that they're all going to come to me after class and say, this is how you changed my life, then I'm going to be disappointed. Hmm. You know, it's like you did, you, you did get feedback, though. The, the owner called you the next day or uh, the individual yeah. called you the next day and said, I've gotten so many phone calls about yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. She called me the next morning. And this is a person who's very involved um, with, with uh, this type of thing and has been around a lot of it. So... It helped my self-confidence that she called and said, yeah, it was right up there with, you know, all the best that she's seen and um, yeah. made me feel more real. Not that I don't feel real, but, you know, that critical part of myself always questions, is this real? Just like yeah. any human being does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so for me, you know, to, to get that kind of feedback was pretty, it, it, it helped, it just helped me be stronger in what I, who I am, I guess. Yes. who I am and, and what I do, and that is, and it's important at the same time. You know that you take this moment to kind of go into your own self-reflective insecurity. I think it's so valuable for people because, number one, that's your integrity. Number two, it's your growing, expanding identity of yourself as this human being that was born as a little baby and was raised in a, a family as a child, and you know, we are made to feel like we don't know much and and we're awkward and we have to grow up and, you know, who who makes us think that we know what we're talking about, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So we get this identity of having to be wisely humble because we are ignorant and at the same time overly identified with it as well as as we expand and say, okay, I want to be my expanded self knowing that in integrity I'm not that expanded and not as expanded as I want to be, not as expanded as my expanded self is. But if I walk in in my own limitations or in my own small self-identity, I don't even get to play with my expanded self and have that joy because I'm I'm squishing her and, and holding her into this small, tiny box. And what she wants to do is play and, and be as big and, and limitless as you described at the beginning of the show, that we are, we are limitless packages of energy. What was your phrase? Uh, we are beings with no limits. It, it, no limits to who we are, what we can create, what we can experience. Um, we're just completely unlimited in that state. Wow. Wow. And, and, and manifesting in a limited human state is is um, is, is unlimited also, if you think about it. Wow. That you can, that as an unlimited being, you can manifest even in limited ways just to have that experience, to know what that means. 
And, and, and Mary, course, that, but we have ahead. no right to be limited then. We have no we have no right to walk around and say, Oh, I just can't, I just can't <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> <clears throat> well, if we didn't do that, what would be the purpose of, of being in a human body? Because you know, being a human being and walking through our perceived limitations and, and growing out of those and embracing this unlimited part of ourself. Um, I, I was working with a client, I guess, I don't know, a week or two ago, and, and the, the visual I got was she was this huge, magnificent energy. Her human self would turn around to that energy of herself and take, take some of that energy a cup at a time to experience. And wow. and what spirit was asking her was, you know, I'm right behind, I am you, I am right behind you. I just want you to back up just a few inches so that you huh. can be 100% your energy instead uh-huh. of turning around and taking a cup full at a time. Um, but I think, I think she had to get to that point in her life. I think that huh. taking a cup full at, at a time serves us as human beings until we get to a point where we can start taking buckets full and then, um, you know, swimming pools full. <laughs> uh, so, so yes and no. I mean, you know, as human beings, yeah, we're limited and, and we don't need to be. And yet the, the learning of that is, is so powerful. Mm. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful process all on its own that even creates more mm. energy. So, um, so, so Mary, do you hear yourself say this in contrast to the other side of you that says, "I'm just new at this. I don't know what I'm doing. This is kind of awkward." And then you hear this other side of you that says, "I have, I, I am this. I can take this whole swimming pool of a Saturday experience, and I can, I can walk with it, swishing around me because it is all of who I am, and I'm beyond that." Yes, I hear myself saying that, <laughs> <laughs> and my human side is going cool, <laughs> and and um, and and at the same time going, oh boy, I don't know. <laughs> well, listeners, we we hope that this honest dialogue between Mary and I about it being expanded has helped you really um, step outside your comfort zone. You, you may think us crazy, but why don't you walk into your own craziness for a little bit and see what realities dwell there? And um, let's let's all be in our biggest self, our our the more the more of ourselves than we let ourselves know, so that we can help each other, love each other, create, um, not live in the frustrations uh, of feeling like we're small, but living in the ability to really help this whole planet evolve and expand. Mary, thank you so much for walking us into this this path. This is going to happen again, I know. I look thank you. I, I hope so. I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Awesome. Keep us informed. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Mary, you included. Thank you, and you too, and everyone out there. Thank you very much for listening in. Cheers. Bye bye. Cheers. <laughs> bye.